0: One minute left on the countdown. Church is about to begin. 60 seconds away from worshiping with a group of believers, but 60 seconds is more time than I've spent with Jesus in the last seven days. What does that mean? What should I do? What does God think about that? Have you ever been there? In church, realizing that the last time you thought about God was the last time you were in that room? Yeah, me too. That story and more on today's episode of the Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader podcast. Psalm 51, verse 1 through 6. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin, my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Yeah, that's the truth, isn't it? David says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. David gets it. My Bible says that, like, in a preface preface to Psalm 51, it says a psalm of David when Nathan, the prophet, went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Yep, we know that story. There are a few things that come to mind when I think of David. Maybe this is the same for you. I'll try to say each in one word, okay? Shepherd, Goliath, King, Bathsheba, Heart. Now, you may have more or less, but these are just the first ones that came to my mind. I wrote them down. You know, you remember that song from Sesame Street? I think it was Sesame Street. It was like, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. Well, in my list, one of those things (laughs) is not like the other. And I think y'all can tell which one it is. You know, what did David mean when he said, my sin is always before me. Is he remembering it? Is he talking about he's he always struggles with it or he keeps running into habitual sins? As I studied it in a few different places and from some different Bible teachers, I think the consensus is David is owning it. It's like saying, here it is. I can't hide this from you. It's always before me. Here you go. Not only that, but although David's hurt others in the process, he acknowledges, you know, to you alone I have sinned. And although I, Jordan, have hurt others in the process, when I sin, I've hurt the Lord the most. And that's a tough place to be for sure. What an honest place, a place of humility for David, no doubt. As a worship leader, or anytime really I'm worshiping or praying, and I realize that there's unrepented sin in my life, it's not a fun experience. You know, have you been there before? Kind of like my story, when I'm about to lead worship, or maybe you walk into church and it just drops into your mind, and the Spirit's like, hey, you know, what does God do with it, and how will we handle that moment? In chapter three, I talk about this moment on stage, which seemed to last forever, and this is a real moment for me, and I go a lot more in depth uh, in the book, but this is a real day. This is a a powerful moment for me. And I had gone through my normal routine in the morning, getting ready and met the production team, you know, and, 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 and got through the getting ready for service portion. And then, you know, people for service start packing in and I, and we're ready. And then I found myself on the stage, standing through a one minute countdown, then like a gust of wind on my face I realized that my relationship with Jesus was not where it was supposed to be. Not, not supposed, that's not the right word. Not where the Lord wanted it to be. Not where, not where he had done all the work so it could be. Have you ever been there? Well, standing there, I began to remember my week. And all the non-Christ-like things <laughs> I did and said began to flood through my mind. I felt unworthy I felt so guilty. I felt ashamed to be a worship leader. I felt trapped. You know, I felt guilty because I knew I was wrong. It wasn't God's doing. It was me. I was ashamed because I was about to make a choice to fake it for 30 minutes. Yeah. And and trapped because there was nowhere to go. I mean, I was down to 30 seconds on the countdown. You know, well what then? Worship leader, what then? Christian, what do we do? Well, for me, I didn't do anything. God did. And I think God does. Now, now listen, if you're a Christian, then it turns out you believe in grace. Now, grace has been thrown around a lot, just like other words from the Bible used in, in ways that maybe they don't mean or just they, they use them flippantly and you know they lose their their weight. So I'm not saying the grace that man gets to control and determine, but grace that comes from God. Now that may sound like the answer to my sinful life is grace. and, and so I just ask for forgiveness and grace, and that's what I did on that stage. That's not what I mean, and that's not what Scripture teaches. God's grace is different. First, Sin is serious to God, extremely. I mean, sin is what held him on the cross. It was, it was why he came and died for our sins, so that he could take the punishment of sin, which was rightfully ours, and give us a spirit, which there was no way to get that done without the penalty for sins being paid. So sin is, is serious. It's not a game. It's, it's not something to mess around with. And Romans 6 makes it really clear. It says, you know, so should we just keep on sinning so that grace should abound. You know, meaning like, well, I'll just keep on sinning and more grace will come. No, I mean, grace of God should lead you to a life of righteousness, should lead you to moments of repentance. So it's there isn't anything stronger than the grace of God, not even sin. So that's the first thing. When you got to think about grace, you got to first understand why God's grace is so powerful in the first place. It's because sin is serious. But the second is God's grace is radical, and totally breaks rules. I know we love rules, especially in church. It's like, here's what you can do, and here's what you can't do, but God's grace doesn't give a rip about any of that stuff. God's grace gets extended to people that we don't like. God's grace gets extended to people who are crucifying him. I mean, think about that. You want to see a look and an example of explicit grace of Jesus? In Luke 23, Jesus is killed between two thieves, okay? One mocks him and the other basically says, Jesus, remember me. That same grace, that same love, that same Jesus through the Holy Spirit found me and spoke to me and said, honestly, these three words, Jordan, come closer. Like that. Just like that thief, there was nothing I could do to fix it. It was too late for that. I I had already basically spent the last seven days doing my own thing. It was just raw honesty, and my spirit was broken and contrite. I felt terrible. I knew it. I knew I had not spent any time with the Lord, and that's no way to have a relationship with the one who's done so much to me. And God met me there and just said, Jordan, come closer. And God met me there. You know, I've been waiting a long time to say this. So if you're listening, I honestly hope that this is for you. God knows what you did. And even though that sin hurt people, it hurt him the most. But he loves you. Worship leader, you are not disqualified because of the mistakes you've made. Are there consequences? Absolutely. Do you need to repent of those things and come clean and start going through the process? No doubt. But Jesus wants to meet you with his grace. Repent. Humble yourself. Pray Psalm 51 over your life. Make it your prayer. But amazing grace is the absolute best thing about God. And, and uh, amazing grace is the absolute best song ever. But the story of the guy behind it, John Newton, even more powerful if you know his story. I mean, he was a really bad dude. A wretch, as he says. But God is a really good God. I hope you go and read chapter 3 again and again. Remind yourself of the gravity of grace. Jesus is pulling on you to live in freedom. You know, one last thing, church, This is for you and, and for me. Let's not crucify our fallen leaders anymore. Let's meet them with the forgiveness of Jesus, radical grace. Some of our pastors, worship leaders, group leaders, mentors, and everyone else. They have failed us. They're going to fail us. Let's, let's not act so surprised when they do. Instead, let's battle the devil with forgiveness and grace. Now, do they have their own journey? Yeah. Do they need to walk down repentance and, and all of that? Absolutely. But the ultimate punch in the face to the devil, I think, Is to one day see that person redeemed, restored, and renewed. I wanna read just a portion out of page, or on page 54 from chapter three, from this chapter in Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader. It says, The grace of God is a lot more radical than we think. So let's not create a world in which the people we listen to are the people who seem to not need God's grace. God's grace gives us our voice, God's grace is gravity. I don't have to be perfect. I just need him. Vine and branches. I don't want to just stay in orbit around God. I want to crash down violently into all he is. Two-minute countdowns are plenty of time for the voice of God to challenge and change our lives. May we have worship sets that flow from the work of God and the work he's done in us. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm so glad to know people like you and to be surrounded by great people who have shown me grace and shown me forgiveness through all the mistakes I've made. And I look forward to extending that grace and forgiveness to my friends as well. Uh, Do me a favor. If you're tuning into this podcast, I appreciate it so much. Go over to jordanabian.com and and tell me what you think. Uh, If you've picked up Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader, I appreciate that so much. Um, Make sure you go to Amazon and review it and share it. Share the book with somebody and do me a favor, share this podcast with somebody. Maybe, maybe you know somebody who needs to hear it. That would be awesome. Um, it's been great. Uh, as we lead and grow together, let's stand shoulder to shoulder on the front lines together because God's up to something. Let's not miss it. I'll see you there.